Hi there, I'm Chloe Veltman and this is Voicebox, your weekly guide on public radio and podcast to the human voice and the best of the vocal music scene. Thanks for listening in. The term harmony comes from the Greek word harmonia, which means joint, agreement or concord. But different cultures definitely don't agree about what sounds concordant versus sounds discordant. Euphony in some circles is nothing but cacophony in others. And like great cooks, most musicians like to combine sweet and salty sounding chords to create interesting harmonic progressions. On tonight's show, we're going to take a look at how vocalists work with harmony across a variety of musical traditions and how different harmonic ideas affect our ears. With me in the studio to dip into this wide-ranging topic, I'm lucky to be joined by Melody Walker, a member of the World Music-Oriented Vocal Ensemble Acabella, and the siblings Chloe, Erica and Rachel Teachin, who make up the Oakland-based trio, the T-Sisters. Thanks, guys, for joining me in the studio. Hi, Chloe. Hi, Chloe. Hi, Chloe. Thanks for having us. Well, let's kick things off by hearing some live music showcasing my guests' beautiful <coughs> harmonic colours. Here's Melody, Chloe, Rachel and Erica with... How can I keep from singing? My life flows on in endless song Above earth's lamentations I hear a real though far off hymn That hails a new creation through all the tumult and the strife, I hear that music ringing. It sounds an echo in my soul. How can I keep from singing? What though the tempest loudly roars? I hear the truth in living. What though the darkness round me close? Songs in the night it giveth. No storm can shake my inmost calm. Well, to that rock I'm clinging. When love is Tyrants tremble sick with fear And hear their death now ringing When friends rejoice both far and near How can I keep from singing? In prison cell or dungeon vile our thoughts to them are winging When friends by shame are undefiled How can I 
On tonight's show, we're exploring vocal harmonies with Melody Walker and T sisters Chloe, Erica and Rachel Teachin. We just heard my guests performing a harmonically vibrant song live right here in the studio. How can I keep from singing? So, guys, tell us a bit about what's going on, harmonically speaking, in the song you just performed for us. We took um, the arrangement for the song from a wonderful musician, Laurie Lewis, um, I had the opportunity to sing with her and her musical partner, Tom Rosam, the high harmony in the song, and we just fell in love with it. So the girls and I made, you know, kind of took that arrangement and we incorporated melody into that arrangement. So basically, it's a very consonant song harmonically. There's no dissonance going on here. It's very triumphant and concordance and harmony usually evokes that kind of a feeling, triumphant, positive kind of heartwarming feeling. Generally, we're creating mostly close harmonies together, though Melody is hitting some nice low notes that are a bit farther away and really grounding the the bass of that the song. That was uh, Melody that was responsible for the bass line there. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Melody grounds us. <laughs> so before we get on to talking about harmonies in more detail, I'd love to hear a bit about your backgrounds as singers. Melody, you've travelled a lot, and so it's not surprising that world music figures deeply in your work, and especially in the music of Acabella, your vocal ensemble. Can you tell us about that, please? Um, sure. I've, I've travelled to all over Europe, as well as... Um, the more far reaches of Japan and India and Brazil, where I kind of, I really did most of my musical study in Brazil and India as far as world music goes. And I studied percussion in Brazil, mainly. I used to play in a samba, bateria, specializing in sort of samba afro style. And that got me really interested in all the musics of the African diaspora, and I got into the songs, and um, I was doing all these sort of percussion things in school up at Humboldt State. University. And that's where I met the other ladies of Acabella, who were all kind of sort of involved in percussion in some way or another and involved in the folkloric songs that went along with that. And we decided, wouldn't these songs sound great in just, you know, sort of modern harmony arrangements and with some original elements? So that's kind of where Acabella came from. Erica, Chloe, and Rachel, your sisters who sing together, can you tell us about how that came to pass and how being siblings impacts your work as musicians? Well, we grew up singing a lot together. Our mom and dad both sing. Our mom used to sing with her sisters growing up, uh, particularly when they were doing the dishes or some other chores. And our dad is a um, pianist and guitar player and uh, singer-songwriter. So we grew up singing a lot. Uh, We would go with our dad and we would accompany him as he played the piano. And so we just always were singing growing up. We didn't sing in harmony until much later on. And uh, Erica would try to kind of orchestrate harmonies among us. But when we were younger, it was a little a little more difficult. We would just want to, our voices would just want to follow Erica's voice, being the older sister and everything. <laughs> How did you uh, get your harmonic formation then? Was it from Erica or did you study formally? When we first started singing together many years ago, Erica would kind of tell us which parts to sing, and we would do our best. And we don't have too much formal vocal training. We've just had a lot of experience singing together. And at this point, when we're creating harmonies, it it mostly just comes naturally 
figuring out the different parts because we've done it so much. And um, What else can you tell me about how you approach making harmonies in your work? I mean, are you writing things down on paper? Are you just experimenting? How does it all develop from the, from, from the moment you decide you're going to pull some kind of song together? Oftentimes, in our original songwriting, Chloe writes a lot of lyrics. She's a very talented writer. And often we collaborate on creating melodies together. Not always, but oftentimes. And harmonies. So once we decide on a melody for a song, we'll usually decide who will sing where in the song. Say, so-and-so is singing the melody, so-and-so is singing the upper harmony, so-and-so is singing the lower harmony. And we may start with some ideas, just kind of playing around. Whoever's on top will, you know, do, do her thing. Whoever's on bottom will try to come up with something. And if there are problem spots or we're having trouble thinking of things, we'll just stop and maybe I'll suggest something or one of the other girls will suggest something. But we're basically moving our voices to hear what evokes that ineffable something when you just you hear the right chord that you're looking for we don't say let's create a major triad here go uh-huh. we just say you know sing something that sounds like this or you know we just try to rarely write anything out uh-huh maybe so, lyrics but never music so it's a really intuitive process for you guys how are you using how then exactly are your ears working uh to create the sound that you create um, well, I think we have very similar similar pitch, and what we're really listening for is the the intervals, um, being able to to hear the consonants if there is the, the proper interval. So, really, really listening to each other. We're not being distracted by looking at a piece of sheet music, because I can't really read sheet music, and I don't think Rachel can either. So we're really <laughs> just just relying on our ears. So I think uh-huh. that that strengthens our you know, our ability to hear the intervals because that's really all we're focusing on. And now that we've we've been singing together for so long, it's very intuitive, these particular intervals that we that we use for close harmonies in our singing. So um, you work with a lot of, of improvisation and just listening to each other. And, uh, you know, in the spirit of improvisation, you came through the door, I don't know, what, 15, 20 minutes ago and announced that you wanted to do some, just let's throw in some improv. Let's let's talk about harmony through improvisation. So I think we should do that now. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how what we're going to be doing with improv right now and, and, and harmony melody? Do that. Yeah. So what we're going to do is just kind of, stack up some sort of harmony where we're all singing a different note. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not going to sound like harmony to some people, but I guess that's <laughs> kind of the definition. We're all going to be singing different notes together. And I think we were thinking of trying to create an arc with it, but basically we're going to just sustain tones and then move when we feel like it. See and, where it goes. And see what incidental harmonies kind of come out of it and maybe kind of go for a more consonant thing at first, not to set us up for... <laughs> We don't know how it's going to end up, but but then maybe try to move towards a more dissonant thing and and also work vertically with trying to um, do both close together harmonies and then also much more spaced out harmonies um, vertically. And then um, hopefully we'll end in a in a spot where we all decide. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. Let's uh, see what we can do then.
that was wonderful. Let's, if we can break what you did now just quickly into its four parts that we had spoken about. It'd be wonderful if you can just sing for us uh, for a second a really clean concordant chord. <laughs> Great. Okay, let's hear a really nice crunchy discord now. Ooh, like it. <laughs> All right, now how about a chord where the notes are really close together? Perfect. And let's finally hear a chord where everything is really spread far apart. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thanks very much. Okay, well, that was an interesting experiment. So now that our ears are primed, why don't we move on to talking about some harmonies and a few different traditions and styles. On tonight's Voice Box with me, Chloe Veltman, I'm chatting about vocal harmonies with singers Chloe, Rachel and Erica Teachin, who perform together as the T-Sisters. Also in the studio is singer Melody Walker. We just heard the Sverka Women's Balkan Chorus with a traditional Bulgarian song, Dve Nevesti. Now, the harmonic landscape in this kind of music is quite different to the sort of sound that most Western ears are attuned to hearing, though, of course, Balkan vocal music is renowned the world over for its beauty and intensity. So what's going on in this kind of music from a harmonic standpoint? Well, the the Bulgarian style of um, diaphony, I think is what they would call it, because it's two voices um, sounding together, is usually based on... Um, well, in certain regions, I'm guessing that this is probably a Piran style song because it has the two voices with the drone and it's very dissonant and very kind of brash and um, powerful sounding. And basically there's one person doing the drone. And then there's somebody doing a um, harmony over it. Right, mm -hmm. and um, and so that creates all these seconds. It's all about seconds in there, and somehow that's not, it's not seen as um, a dissonant or um, unpretty sound there. No, and it, I think our ears over here, because as, as we hear more of this kind of music, it's becoming more and more popular. I think we're becoming more attuned to it too, right? Mm -hmm. What kind of emotional feelings does this type of vocal harmony evoke when you to you guys when you hear it? Kind of reminds me of crying in a way. It's, um, there's something sort of reminds me of a, a child or I don't want to say it's shrieking or shrill or anything like that, but it's, it does have this kind of heartstring pulling closeness in it. Um, 
it's very emotional in maybe the uncomfortable way. Well, the close, clustered harmonies we get in bulk and vocal music are rather different from the harmonies we find in a standard barbershop quartet. <laughs> Here's an example from the Mellowman's Quartet, Baby on Board. The song was featured in a 1993 episode of The Simpsons. And a one, and a two, and a three. Ba -bum -bum -bum. Baby on board, that sign on my car's window pane belongs in my step, loaded with pep, cause I'm driving in a carpool Call me a square friend, I don't care. That little yellow sign can be ignored. You're tuned into Voicebox with me, your host, Chloe Veltman. Don't forget that you can download Voicebox as a free weekly podcast on iTunes. Just search for KALW Voicebox. That was the Mellowman's Barbershop Quartet with Baby On Board, a song that appeared in an episode of The Simpsons way back in 1993. I'm chatting with singers Chloe, Rachel and Erica Teachin from the T-Sisters and also in the studio with us is the wonderful vocalist Melody Walker. So barbershop quartet singing is often held up as a sort of prototype or standard for Western harmonic singing. Why do you think that might be? Oh, gosh. Well, it's it's four part SATB kind of writing. You know, it's got everybody kind of stays in their zone of um, in their range in there, in their register. Um, it's not something with a lot of voice crossing going on, which is kind of, um, you know, we have a whole tradition of classical vocal, Western vocal music, where there are strict rules that have been slowly getting broken over the years, but we're still so locked into that, you know, from the church, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so Barbershop Quartet really sticks to those rules. Well, it does, but it does bring in jazz. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of chromaticism in there. Um, and, and that's pretty much strict early jazz rules that they use for that. So, of course, not all Western-style harmony takes the barbershop approach. I thought we could explore the choral tradition for a moment. In the last few decades, especially here in the States, composers have developed an appetite for writing music that makes ample use of dissonant harmonies and cluster chords. Here are a couple of tracks by American composers to illustrate what I'm talking about. First, we'll hear a piece by Morton Lauridson, Onata Lux, from Lux Eterna. The song is performed by the Elora Festival Singers with Noel Edison. And then we'll hear the Eric Whitaker singers with Lux Urumque by who else but Eric Whitaker.
I'm Chloe Veltman and this is Voicebox. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter and friend us on Facebook. And please download our free weekly podcasts by visiting voicebox-media.org or iTunes. We just heard a couple of harmonically dense American choral pieces. First we listened to a piece by Morton Lauridsen, Onata Lux from Lux Eterna. And the song was performed by the Allura Festival Singers with Noel Edison. And then we heard Eric Whittaker's Lux Arumque performed by the Eric Whittaker Singers. The track comes from the album Light and Gold. This week's voice box is devoted to a jaunt through the world of vocal harmonies. My companions on the journey are the Oakland-based siblings Chloe, Erica and Rachel Teachin, who perform beautiful music together as the T-Sisters and vocalist Melody Walker of the Acabella World Vocal Music Ensemble. Melody is also based here in the Bay Area. What can you tell us about the difference between composing harmonies for a small ensemble, like two or three or four voices, like you guys do, versus writing for big choruses, as is the case of the two tracks we just heard? Well, I think um, a big part, and you guys might agree with this, is in a small ensemble, you really have to be choosy about which notes you use because you need to establish the harmony within three or four voices. So you have to really pick your voicings. And, you know, I'm sure composers do this, but there's a lot more leeway when you have a ton of singers and you can break your soprano section into five parts and have a cluster and stuff. But it's interesting to think of how to make like a dense, clustery, sort of expansive harmony but with only three or four voices and how which notes to pick that um, kind of outline the skeleton of it so that you still feel that same feeling. Well, the pieces we just heard were sacred choral pieces. And within the canon of sacred vocal music here in the US, there are many different ways of approaching harmony. Here are a couple of striking examples. You're listening to Voicebox. I'm Chloe Veltman. Voicebox is available as a free weekly podcast via the Voicebox website at voicebox-media.org and also in iTunes under KALW Voicebox. Don't forget, you can also follow us on Twitter and friend us on Facebook. We're talking about the many splendid vista of vocal harmony with T-Sisters Rachel, Erica and Chloe Teachin and vocalist Melody Walker. We just heard a shape note tune, New Morning Sun. The track was performed by Clear Story, a Bay Area based men's a cappella vocal group. For those of you unfamiliar with the term, shape note is a tradition of sacred choral music that took root in the southern region of the United States during the colonial period. 
And then we heard from another local group, the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir, with the track Great Day. Okay, these songs come from very different traditions compared to the sacred choral works by Lauridsen and Whitaker we heard earlier on. What can you tell us about the harmonic traditions employed in shape note music and gospel music? I think that 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 particular example of the shape note was a lot closer to the gospel um, track that you played and to the Eric Whitaker and all that probably than than really the tradition is. (laughs) I think it was a very clean representation of the shape note thing, which is very much a folk American tradition and is usually sounds a lot more rough, rough and ragged, shot and ragged Mm -hmm. than that. And I really like to hear it that way personally. But um, Mm -hmm. and also with the shapes sung Mm -hmm. in the beginning. I don't know if they did that later in the track, but yeah, you mean with the fa so la? Yeah, Mm -hmm. because usually they would start by singing the fa so la, um, these solfege syllables, which are attached to. It's actually a truncated solfege with the fa, so, la, and I think me as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they attach those to four symbols that are repeated. There's also a seven-shape system. Um, but basically it was created as a way to try to help rural people read music more easily and grasp how to sing in a, a chorus and create four-part harmonies fairly easily without having to really know how to read music. Mm-hmm. And the sound is, is you know, even, even whether it's sung in a very sort of clean way like we just heard or in its kind of rough form, it's, the sound is, is often very, very wholesome, very jubilant and very... The thing I always feel when I hear a shape note song is like it's a strong oak, you know, the roots mm. feel very firm. It doesn't matter whether it's a more uh, a modal ver- uh, song, one that's sort of slightly sadder, say, versus one like we just heard, mm-hmm. which is really, really bright. But whatever happens, they're ju- you know where you are harmonically. It doesn't yeah. do anything really unexpected. It, it's a very, very strong kind of sound. It does do one unexpected thing for me versus most Western harmony, which is um, where we're talking about how in barbershop music, you would normally stay in your range as soprano, alto, tenor, or bass. Um, in in most of the shape note music, the voices are crossing all over the That's place. True. Mm-hmm. And they're really, you know, uh, measure to measure, a different part, SATB, will be taking the actual melody of it. Mm-hmm. And you might actually be singing a wider range than you would in a choral piece almost because you're going all the way up and all the way down. You're singing the melody part of the time and then you're singing the bass. And it's, it's really cool that way. And it's kind of confusing to sing at first if mm-hmm. you're used to Western harmony because you're like, wait, am I really supposed to be going all the way up there. Yeah, it's not unusual for male singers to be singing the melody and being on top and women to be singing harmony parts on the bottom. Yeah. Uh, what about the gospel uh, track? Uh, for me, listening to that gospel track, it it really does feel like it comes straight from the heart. You can kind of feel it in in your body, in your soul. It's, it's very moving um, and uplifting. And I was going to say, yeah, along those lines as... Those two last tracks feel accessible in terms of when you hear them, you want to sing along, you want to join in. Whereas with the Whitaker, it's mm. it's more something you sit back and listen from a distance. You don't necessarily see yourself. So more in like there. contemplative mm-hmm. approach. Yeah, and and these these last tracks you played, it feels it feels like you could really. You're kind of brought in mm-hmm. into it physically. Right, yeah. I mean, the shape note tradition, the gospel tradition are very interactive traditions meant mm-hmm. for congregations mm-hmm. of no, with no musical ability to join in with. Yeah, versus this sort of art mm-hmm. music that's come out of the, the church in the 20th century is, right. is, requires quite a lot of expertise to sing well. Mm-hmm. This question of um, the connection between harmony and spirituality is a really interesting one to me. I mean, sort of talking about a contemplative approach to... Uh, 
praising God versus an interactive one. I mean, they're both valid ways of, of worship, I guess. But, you know, the harmonies are working in the different kinds of music in different ways to produce these assorted effects. Um, why would you say some sacred musical traditions in the West, like Shape Note, are so consonant in their approach to worship, while others, like the harmonic landscape we heard in the Lauridsen and Whitaker, are more interested in emphasising crunchy, discordant harmonies as a way to channel spiritual feeling? Maybe a question for an ethnomusicologist. I don't know. It must have to do a lot with particular cultures. I don't know historically what what makes certain cultures ears, really the ears, right? Um, kind of inclined to certain kinds of sounds. Clearly in the contemporary globalized world, our ears have been expanded a lot by um, the availability of different types of music. So I'm sure that affects how we even view the subject is that if we were doing the show 50 years ago or 100 years ago, we would have very different reactions to the different types of music that we're hearing. I think I think one um, theory could be about the environments in which the music is performed a lot of time really shape how the music goes like traditional like church music western church music is you know was traditionally done in these big expansive cathedrals and dissonance um doesn't really fly when you have a lot of reverb and it's just bouncing around because those notes stick around and you don't even get to have those passing notes um without some crunchiness going on as it reverberates into the next line so for a while, the church was very strict about, you know, allowing only certain intervals. And it was really because of that space, the reverberous space. And then um, so that's their environment affecting it. But then if you look to tribal music, um, African music, all around more um, nature connected traditions, people are performing outside. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, it's very dry. There's there's not much reason to avoid dissonant intervals necessarily. And um People are taking a lot of inspiration from natural sounds. Um, so you might hear an African song that kind of sounds like birds tweeting. You know, it's very high. And, um, or you might hear something that um, sounds like drums, too, that's emulating other instruments, you know. So I think, I think it's about the environment, too, that shapes the sounds that we make. Yeah, know? no, that's an excellent point. And while we're on the, the idea of different kinds of global approaches to harmony, I thought we could move to India. Melody, you've spent some time in India studying music and, and singing and so on. Can you tell us about what you learned about the vocal music there from a harmonic standpoint, please? Indian music... Um, as far as the classical goes, doesn't have a lot of harmony going on as far as, you know, vocal harmony when we think about harmonizing. Usually it's a solo vocalist um, singing over drones, mm-hmm. kind of almost like the, the Balkan Bulgarian tradition where there's a, a drone and a harmony playing against it. So there are harmonies being created in that, but it's um, more incidental and it's, um, it's a more melodic approach on the whole. So we're going to hear a couple of short field recordings that you made, Melody, during your time in India. The first track is Saraswati and the second is Atulita. What do we need to know about these tracks, Melody? Well, the first one um, is a slokam, which is a kind of um, slow chant that can be done in any raga. And this is my teacher, uh, Santosh Kumar. Um, doing a demonstration for me. You know, I, I made some field recordings over there when I was doing lessons, and I lost many of them, unfortunately, but these were some of the ones that survived, and I just thought he had the most beautiful voice. I could have sit, sat there and listened to him for hours, and <laughs> I think you'll hear me at the end of it go, huh, what? <laughs> and the second track? Uh, and the second track is me learning a Gita, which is a, a short um, sort of study song 
um, almost like a children's song. But they're the first things that you learn when you start learning Carnatic, South Indian vocal music. I studied in Kerala. And uh, in both of these instances, we have these drones going on, right, with the melody above mm-hmm. them pretty much. Right, and that's just a little um, a little drone box um, mm-hmm. that is, it's electronic, a digital tempera. And I was going to bring mine actually to do it, but you'll hear it in the recording here, so we'll get some of that. tuned into Voice Box with me, your host, Chloe Veltman. I'm chatting tonight about vocal harmonies with singing sisters Rachel, Erica and Chloe Teachin and vocalist Melody Walker. Check out our weekly podcasts on iTunes and at voicebox-media.org. We just heard a couple of field recordings from India made by one of tonight's guests, Melody Walker. There's a remarkable amount of spaciousness in the way that Indian musicians traditionally approach harmony. And I think a lot of this comes from the use of the open fifth in the drone of the tambura or the electric tambura in this case. And you get this, of course, in a lot of Western medieval chant. We touched upon this earlier in the show. Speaking of spaciousness, one thing that came up in our discussions when we were putting the show together that I think is super interesting is about space. Chloe, I think it was you that said harmony is about the space between the notes. Can mm-hmm. you elaborate on this idea, please? Um, yeah, I think particularly for us, the Tea Sisters, um, we don't work from sheet music, so it's more about emphasizing the, the proper intervals between the notes that we're singing. Yeah, I think it sort of it ties into indiv- individual voices and individual singers um, and you know, kind of emphasizing the harmony between separate individuals uh, in in the world, in music. Um, for us being sisters, you know, we're all we're all very different, but but we're able to come together and sing in harmony by by creating these intervals. So it really reminds me of this quote from uh, Letters to a Young Poet. Rainier Maria Rilke wrote this. And it begins, once the realization is accepted that even between the closest human beings, infinite distances continue, a wonderful living side by side can grow. If they succeed in loving the distance between them, which makes it possible for each to see the other whole against the sky. That's rather lovely. So, yeah, we'll think about the spaces between the notes as much as the notes when we listen to this next track. It's a track by the Tea Sisters and it's called Bring Us Back. Mother of all, 
huddle over us. We are a bundle, confused and disgruntled. Tell us of our moment, how it limps and sighs. Bring us back our eyes. Sing us from what's holy. We hear it whisper. Bring us back our story. Untangle fingers from our hair. This is Voicebox. Check out our free weekly podcasts on iTunes by searching for KALW Voicebox. And please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And you can also do all of the above via our website at voicebox-media.org. I'm Chloe Veltman and my guests in the studio for this evening's conversation about vocal harmonies are Melody Walker and siblings Rachel, Erica and Chloe Teachin, who perform together as the T-Sisters. We just heard the sisters' track, Bring Us Back. Well, I wish I could bring us some more time so we could keep chatting about harmony and playing music, but our hour is up and it's time to say goodnight for now. So I'd like to thank my wonderful guests, the T-Sisters, Chloe, Erica and Rachel Teachin and Melody Walker for coming into the studio tonight to chat and share their music. It's been fun exploring harmony with you guys. Thank you. You too, Chloe. Thanks, Thanks Chloe. Yes. To find out more more about the T-Sisters, please visit their website at t-sisters.com. And Melody Walker's vocal group, Acabella, can be found online at acabella.com. That's A-K-A-B-E-L-L-A.com. Voicebox is an independently produced non-profit project recorded at the studios of KALW in San Francisco. Our series producer is Seth Samuel and the web editor is Victoria Lim. Voicebox needs your support. To find out how you can make a tax-deductible donation to keep us on the air, please visit our website at voicebox-media.org. Donating is safe, easy and tax-deductible through our online PayPal link. Check out our free weekly podcast on iTunes and via voicebox-media.org and also visit our homepage at voicebox-media.org to mull over and respond to the question of the week. We love to know what you think of us, so please friend us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and you can also write to us anytime at info at voicebox-media.org. I'll play us out with a track from Melody Walker's ensemble Acabella. Bonicha Kuala Malawolo is an Arara song from Cuba and Africa. There are lots of interesting harmonic things going on in it. It consists of a call and response section around and a groove with Melody on beatbox. Have a songful week. Bonicha Kuala, Nanu Finda Wanda, Bonicha Kuala, Nanu Bomalu, Iboi de Kue. Bonicha Kuala, Nanu Finda Wanda, Bonicha Kuala, Nanu Bomalu, Iboi de Kue. Bonicha Kuala, Nanu Finda Wanda, Bonicha Kuala, Nanu Bomalu, Iboi de Kue. Bonicha Kuala, Nanu Finda Wanda, Bonicha Kuala, Nanu Bomalu, Iboi. Bonita Kuala, eh, Nanu Finda Wanda, eh, Bonita Kuala. Malo, holo, emie, dasanu, mi.